Let's do it. Uh, got some eye candy in the gov chat for work in progress. Anything we want to talk about before we do a quick run through of the work in progress on SIPs? I know we've got a couple of other topics to discuss and some presentations. Let's, let's spin. Uh, do we have Mark on the call? No. Cool. I'll jump into V2. We've got, um, merge next week, which is, uh, the main piece of work for, for V2, but we've got 268, 268 going to audit, um, and a tentative release date for 252, which is the escrow liquidations the following week. Um, top priorities haven't changed. Improve atomic swaps, get debt migration, uh, more of V3 and perhaps V2. Are there any, <coughs> excuse me, any questions around direct integration 267, 268, um, or the merge or 252? I feel like there's a lot in there. How that's what the timing looks like on the curve direct integration. I think those go to audit next week. So okay. Mark's not on the call that I can see, so I won't give it any more. Mark told me yesterday, ready for audit by the end of this week. So okay. yeah. early mm-hmm. next week, it'll be an audit. Um, are we planning to include 272 into the timesheet or, or into the schedule? We are. All that should be on the sheet. Thanks for flagging that, Caleb. I'll fix that. Oh, it is there. It is there. 272. Oh, okay. Making me question my huh. accuracy there, Caleb. Uh, how about the uh, futures uh, set, like uh, for um, for futures V2? Do, would we have a set for uh, in preparation? Yeah, so um, Leo's working on like initial feasibility and, and like implementation timelines for the features, and so we just want. Uh, he's, I just talked to him earlier today, and he's still working on it. Um, but as soon as we have an idea of what can be done fast enough uh, and what's, you know, easily feasible to go into the first release, then those things will just be combined into a SIP. Uh, probably next week. I, I hoped it might be this week, but uh, I think he's still working through some of the migration, like some of the mechanical work for migrations. But, yeah, I think it should be ready soon. Is there any estimate from Chainlink regarding how long it will take them to um, establish stability post-merge? So 
Sorry, what was the question? What about Chainlink? As I understand it, we're pausing um, for the merge um, in large part in order to only reactivate once Chainlink has confirmed that its um, feeds are all reliable on the proof of work chain. Do we have an idea of how long that might take? Um, I don't think I do. I don't know, Caleb, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Uh, not, not really. Can, can you rephrase the question, Sarah? Any idea on how long the pause will be on the proof of work chain? We have a um, a terminal difficulty for for pausing. Sure. Do we have any estimate so, on pausing? Sure. So, on pausing would depend on the outcome of the test. If all tests uh, that we are planning to run, which would be prepared ahead of time, uh, are uh, giving no signals. Uh, or concerns, then it would be unpaused, unpaused uh, directly. If there are issues, I cannot tell you like how much time it would take for those issues to be resolved. But uh, we are preparing for it, you know, uh, like uh, having uh, the necessary testing uh, uh, tools ready. And once um, uh, POS is live, it's just uh, running it, you know, and seeing the outcome. And if we don't see, get any red flags, then we're good to go. It could be a minute, it could be two minutes, you know. Okay, thank you. Noah, would you like to jump into E3? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, currently we have this uh, rough sketch in place for most of the, basically all of the core protocol for B3. Um, and the doc site is up to date. It's a little more up to date than the SIPs right now. So um, I can share a link to that in the GovCall chat. Um, so some of us are actually working in person this week and we're doing more planning and trying to sort of iron out um yeah what it's going to take to get this first uh batch of code over the line and um get get the v3 migration going so um yeah i'll ha i'll put together uh some updates to the sips uh based on our conversations over the next few days um everyone can take a look at the docs um the auditors are already looking at 301 and we're going to uh want to get 302 to a point where they can start um sort of they're calling it pre-reviewing it um as early as next week, which would be great. Um, and I know we still need to vote on 302. So um, I think we should plan to do a 302 presentation next Thursday, and we'll just try to pull everything together in terms of the SIPs, the docs, everything, to try to make it as clear as possible for uh, the council and the community.
I'm happy, happy to answer any questions, but I think that covers it at a high level. You must be doing a good job there, Noah, or just effectively confusing people because I feel like we get fewer and fewer questions about V3 every week, apart from when. Yeah, I mean, I think we're more optimistic on the pace right now. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. The documentation is too good, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, I think that's a wrap. If there are any questions about V3 progress, I think that's a wrap for the work in progress, uh, with the exception of you might have noticed some speed updates in the staking UI. Uh, there's a faster version and a tentative date for the V2 release of that in uh, early next month. And I think that is a wrap for the work in progress, uh, as well as SIPs that are underway. Yep, Noah does need an emoji. Feel free to go wild on that one. And happy for turning the call over to council for any discussions you'd like to have. I know there's a couple of juicy topics. Uh, Caleb, do you have a current estimate of the number of um, SNX that will be liquidated with the current C ratio where it's set, with the current price of SNX, should uh, or when the escrow liquidation SIP goes live? Mm, the, there was a chart that I had shared that covered various uh, scenarios. Um, so it included the, the w- w- how much would be liquidated under different uh, SNX price assumptions. Uh, I believe I had uh, included it in one of the channels. And if I, my memory serves me right, it was around $3 million worth of debt. So let me try to look it up. It mentions Kane specifically, so it won't have... Uh, there aren't a lot of messages uh, that uh, had this. So it was around $3 million. That's the, that's the number. That's $3 million of debt, right? Yeah, $3 million of debt. Cool. I don't know. I've been engrossed with my SIP for the last two days. So is there somebody else in the council who wants to summarize the topics of conversation this week? Uh, I suppose we should, um, I suppose we should start with the, uh, 350% C ratio that's, uh, been discussed and, and kind of see what everybody's thoughts are. I know, uh, 
Sam had had very um, helpfully laid out that there were five council members who were going to vote for 350 percent in the bag. Um, it doesn't look like that quite worked out. So um, I know if, if you had a, a concern that maybe we should write in um, if we were going to do this, that we should write in some terms for raising it back to 400 uh, percent, like the synthetics price being at a three dollars and 50 cents or higher. Um, so I guess um, I'm kind of I'm a little bit uh, back and forth on this because I think long term, if the plan is to raise to 400 uh, percent, then lowering it just to immediately raise it again might not um, really have that much of a positive impact anyway and, and might just cause some confusion. But at the same time, uh, I understand that um, if there are people who are just slightly underwater, um, pushing them fully underwater and not allowing them to to claim SNX rewards could be detrimental and actually cause them to fall further behind. So um, I guess I was just curious uh, how everybody feels about this. If if we actually have uh, five votes, if we updated this um, this SCCP and and put that uh, condition in that the SNX price be over 350 to raise it back to 400 percent, if uh, if that's something that people actually support. Yeah, I would support it if it has strict criteria so that there's no drama when we come to raise it again. I, w- I would support it also because we're going to liquidate some delinquent debt, right? So we're going to be adding a little bit of stress to the system. I don't think it's worth 50% the extra load, but we did have, well, like, I, I, we are still kind of, you know, in that overhang from all the debt that was liquidated in May. So it, it is sort of like price dependent in terms of how, how much slack we want to cut stakers. So yeah. I'm okay with three. I would be okay with three fifty, uh, as long as yeah, we have a, a well. very clear path to raising. But yeah. Is there anyone from Gotland around to give an opinion? Um, is there any way to? Estimate, like, if my fee ratio today is 400, when the liquidations go through, I think you said it was 3 million of extra debt, like, what that takes my fee ratio to? Off the top of my head, I'd, I'd guess, like, Somewhere between, you know, if it's $3 million in debt, I, I don't know exactly what the debt is, but like, I'm thinking it's probably like 380-ish, 390. Like, it's not going to be like 300. I think it's about, I would, I would guess about 390, yeah. Uh, Cause I think total yeah, issued yeah. cents is around 150. So it's going to inflate your debt maybe 2%. So then. I was trying to scare. Four, four times two. Yeah. Oh, okay. You need your <laughs> accurate numbers. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, just I, gotta, I just gotta, gotta liquidate like, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Three, uh, 340 is my final answer. 340 is what we need. We need Dewey now. <laughs> um, I I just is the I don't understand why we don't wait and see what happens. Like the peg is still one oh one. Like no, nothing has really changed. Like we're just rewarding. People hey, for not 
the 300 have started talking about the loans and how you can get free uh, liquidity at 0.01% interest, which is encouraging. I mean, we're look, we're under uh, $3, right, and have been pretty consistently now for a month. The original intent for lowering C ratio was, you know, accommodating liquidations and giving people some breathing room while, you know, we got uh, field up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, the plan was to move it up to 400 as soon as was practicable. I think once we got in the 350, you know, $3.50 to $4 range, uh, there was a big push to, to move it back up, which, you know, eventually I was like, all right, fine, let's do it. I, I was just waiting for a bit more stability in price and hopefully that we would stick around $4. Obviously that hasn't played out, which is the reason why for the last, you know, several weeks I've been kind of pushing to just ease a little bit of the pressure so we don't have people self-liquidating and, and what have you. Um, you know, eventually with B3, we're moving to a lower C ratio anyway. Um, so. Well, are yeah, we? Like, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Of course. Um, I mean, like I say, eventually, right? Like the intent is eventually that's part of the mechanism. You know, if you object to that mechanism, that's a different story, right? But, um, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I can add a little bit here on why uh, we wouldn't wait to lower this, um, because on L1, the C ratio is all the active C ratio is already below 350 and it's not far below 350. Right. So I think in in my mind, um, obviously, I have a I, I think I've used the words that I'm holding my nose if I if I vote for this, despite the fact that I actually um, submitted the SCCP. But I, I think in my mind, the reason I'm I'm willing to do this is because it is close enough to the active C ratio on L1 that I think we would get a significant number of people who right now aren't really close to claiming and would need to take a significant hit with self-liquidation if they wanted to do so, um, where where now they could self-liquidate like a very, very small amount and probably get back to claiming, start getting SUSD fees and possibly keep their heads above water. I mean, that's what perhaps I'm wrong about this, but that's what I'm imagining would be the uh, the benefit. Um, and if we keep waiting, right, they'll just get further and further behind as everybody else collects uh, inflation and they don't. Yeah, but if I've been doing a good job of keeping my debt above water, then I can claim their rewards and take more SOS and they can go underwater. I- That's that's true, but that's that also assumes that um, you're okay with taking on their debt if they go further underwater and eventually abandon the position and get liquidated, which um, I think we've seen a lot of complaints that that's not actually that uh, beneficial because um, the penalties aren't high enough that that actually is uh, is worth taking on one year escrowed SNX. So it's not really uh, it's not really decided that like letting letting those people fall behind and eventually get liquidated is actually good for the people who have maintained their their C ratios responsibly. Like ideally, we just want everybody right to um, to get ahead of their own debt. And if they're close to doing so, we should probably help them do so. If they're not close to doing so, then it doesn't matter. Right. If it weren't for the escrow liquidations going through, would you be proposing this? Um, 
Probably not, no. Um, I think this, uh, the escrow liquidations are kind of what pushed me over the edge there. Cause yeah, it's going to be not a, not a hugely, um, significant, uh, amount, but it's, you know, 10% or, or 10 to 20% lower C ratio, uh, is, is enough that if people wanted to self liquidate to get back up to 400%, it's, it's quite a bit. So, so, so the reason why are we lowering yeah, the ratio? Essentially, is it because of the uh, pressure on uh, guys due to the low SNX price, or is it due to the liquidity of uh, or the unavailability of uh, SUSD? Like the Fed being above one, is that essentially the reason why? Uh, you're proposing to lower C ratio, or is it because of the SNX price itself? Um, in in my mind, a little of both. But um, one of the situations I I was hoping to avoid here was to um, have everybody's debt increase, and then tell people that what you have to do is go and buy SUSD now above peg. After we already told everybody that the you know the responsible thing to do is to sell your SUSD the minute you get it. And so if people actually did that, um, and then increase their debt, we're forcing them to take a 1% loss on anything they sold. Um, if they took our advice and, and sold their SUSD and, and did the responsible thing, right? So it is in a way punishing responsible stakers by forcing them to take that loss on the SUSD. But you know, like, uh, I, th I think all, everyone that's, uh, has been, has been staking for a while knows that to hold on to their SUSD to not get trapped with both tech problems. So uh, historically, at least uh, has been the case that you hold on to your SUSD like you're holding on to your life. Um, that said, um, you do need to hedge it. So you're, you're doing uh, the Delta hedge thing or something else uh, with this end. But uh, what I'm thinking is that uh, um, what we're doing effectively lowering C ratio is not only we're saying to Gauntlet, no, your models, they mean nothing to us. So saying we, we're going in the opposite direction of what they advised uh, the, the council. So that's the question. Why do we have Gauntlet to begin with if we're not going to follow their uh, guidance? Because Gauntlet is not in charge of us. They're a recommendation body, like the risk council will be. Ultimately, we need to make the decisions based on all of the, you know, holistic assessment of the system. They're looking at the risk in the system. We're looking at, like, a bunch of other factors, such as, you know, potentially staker behavior, et cetera. Like, they're looking at, like, a, a much narrower uh, view of the network than we need to. We need to take a much more holistic view, and we also need to be pragmatic. They don't. They're recommending, you know, the, the safest sort of parameters. We can make a decision to, uh, you know, reduce that safety if there's a specific situation which warrants it, which in this case it, it is. So that's the reason why we have Gauntlet and sometimes we don't listen to them. Otherwise we just plug Gauntlet into the PDAO and say, see you later and we could all go on holiday. I, I respectively, but, uh, um, 
Gauntlet does look at a bunch of scenarios, not only one parameter to give out uh, advice. No, for and sure. They look at they look at a ton of things. They look at you know expectations of uh, of you know past behavior, future behavior. It's like I'm not saying that they don't do a good job. I'm saying they do do a good job. I'm just saying that we need to weigh more than what is in their model. Right? Their model is a good model, but it's not you know uh, it doesn't capture every single uh, aspect of the system and every other consideration, every sort of consideration. So it's our job as the humans who are still you know sensibly in charge of this thing to take that as an input amongst all the other inputs and then make a decision which is what we're going to do if we were just blindly following gauntlet it would be a very different situation we wouldn't need counsel uh, you know like well we're the, clearly the, not but, because the c ratio is not 450 right now like i don't think anybody's doing that yeah but this is like this is my point right like if we've deviated from their recommendations for specific reasons and we all agree that that's the right call then it is what it is. Like, I don't think you can, like, saying, like, why do we have gauntlet is like a reverse appeal to authority almost. It's like, they're the ones in charge of this thing. Like, why don't you listen to them? You know? Um, and I just don't agree with that. I'm, I'm not saying that uh, you should listen to them blindly. Huh? Uh, if you remember, um, originally when they came, came to uh, managing or helping us with C ratio, recommendations. I was dead, dead against their recommendations because of flaws and their methodologies, which obstructed how uh, the C-ratio should uh, behave or, or how, how, how low should we push it. And you were on board with that. And now that they fixed their methodology to reflect that the riskiness of staking SNX on takers that are responsible like the riskiness in the sense of taking on debt of others who default on their debt, that's the risk they're measuring. When their models like reflected reality, now you're moving away from. No, I disagree with that. Their model is an approximation of reality, right? It doesn't reflect reality and they haven't fixed their model. They've improved it, right? So it's still a model. It is still an approximation. We still need to take it as an input not as like any kind of definitive empirical evidence. That's just my view, right? Our job is to take all the inputs from Gauntlet, from everyone, um, and you know, our own assessment and make a decision. Like, yes, they've improved it and that's great, right? And we need to factor that in and say, well, actually, maybe this is riskier than it would have looked, you know, two months ago, but that's okay. Like, if we all decide this is what we want to do, then that's the decision that we make. If you don't like it or other people in the community don't like the Sodden Council making a decision like this, you have a very clear pathway, which is to remove people from the Sodden Council who are, you know, more aggressively setting the C ratio. That, that's the mechanism. Absolutely. I'm not saying I'm going to, I can't dilute you anymore, but I'm not going to like pull my votes from someone who like, uh, because of this decision, it will be too late anyway if I do that, you know. I'll have to wait for the next council. That said, I can say that we're kind of not being forthcoming with our decisions. When Gauntlet says low C-ratio, we say okay. When Gauntlet says high C-ratio, we say no. Okay. That, I think, again, it's because Gauntlet is an input, right? Gauntlet is not the determinant. So if Gauntlet says you should do this and we decide actually for other reasons we're not going to do it, 
And then they say, you should do this. And we say, actually, for other reasons, we're not going to do it. That's fine. Like I was, I've never been in favor of listening development when it comes to the C ratio. I don't think that they factor in all of the, uh, the considerations that we need to factor in. So like, that's just my view, right? Like I think they're, it's useful to know that like the C ratio shouldn't be like 800 or something, right? In absence of any data, you can make an argument that, you know, it should be 700 or 800 or a thousand or something like that, right? The fact that they've come to 450 and we're saying, thank you very much, but we actually think given, you know, the other considerations, staker health, et cetera, we're going to keep it at 350 and we know that that's risky. Guys, guys, I'm trying to talk. And we know that that's, you know, risky. Um, you know, that's fine. We accept that risk, right? Like that's our, that's our place to decide the risking system. Yeah, I think we will gonna have to disagree on it. In my opinion, uh, we should listen to government more often and not let uh, emotions play a big role in our C-ratio decision. If they tell you, like, you're increasing the risk on the system to the point where you have underwater wallets, then you should listen to them. That's my opinion, personally, huh? and I respect your opinion as well. So I'm just going to add my, like, my, part of my justification is like for this, for like why I would vote for this is like it is contingent on having like very strict guidelines for raising it back because I wouldn't vote for this as like a statement that I now think 350% is the optimal C ratio. It's more just that I think while we're at this price level, if you lower it to 350%, you're going to have a lot of benefits, like not stressing out stakers who just took on more debt, not further exacerbating peg issues and all that sort of stuff. And and I don't really think there's much bad debt that's going to enter the system as a result. Uh, that wouldn't be just quickly burned if it was raised back to 400%, you know, pretty promptly if the price turned around. Like if the price dropped to $2 tomorrow, we could raise the C ratio to a thousand. It wouldn't make the system any safer. So it's kind of like is context dependent in my view to, to some extent where like it can be lowered for a brief period of time. And if you, if you're not actually introducing more bad debt into the system, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I would say I don't support it as it is now, given the lack of a path back to 350 or back to 400. Um, I'm not sure that it's necessary, given that it's only maybe a 10 or 20 percent decrease. Like it might be okay to just see <laughs> Um what happens, but if you change it so that there's more of a clear path to raise it back up, I would reconsider maybe. I guess uh, my last maybe question. Maybe people will buy SNX to fix their. Uh, we, we should. I don't know about that. <laughs> Um, I think my last question on this then is, uh, other than the $3 and 50 cent, uh, requirement for, for raising it back up to, um, to 400%, would there be a specific amount of time after 
escrow liquidations uh, go through that that we should uh, raise this back up, um, like have some automatic mechanism where maybe two weeks after escrow liquidations go through, we raise it back to 400%? Or do you think uh, it should be just price dependent and then um, any other conditions should be kind of considered in context? Could we compromise and do 375 and two weeks? Do you mean $3.75 or 375%? I mean, I don't think it's a huge difference. Um, I'm okay with 350 and we could also do like two weeks or three weeks or something. I, I, I'm more just, uh, I want to make sure if price does go back up, we don't have bad credit being minted. Um, that's my main, I could, I'm open to other ideas on timing. Um, that's just my personal take there. <laughs> um, it, it yeah. Sounds to me like, sorry, go. Um, I, I'm happy to like make some adjustments based on the, the new debt into the system. I think that that's fair. Um, I just want to be not overly rewarding people that have bad behavior and putting in this like yo-yo where we're going to just keep whipping it back and forth um, and letting people be more and more degenerate. Um, can we get like a sense check of whether we actually have the uh, votes to get 350 over the line, given the, the you know, um, compromises that the fifth mentioned? With a strict price criteria for raising it back, I would be a yes. Yeah, I would like to add that um, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to, I would like to support it, but also ask uh, Gauntlet to to analyze the implications of it. That'd be all. I'm comfortable going to 350%. But, like, you know, like, Gauntlet just said, like, one week ago, raise the C ratio, so probably they'll be against lowering it. Because within one week time, it's unlikely. It's not a. I don't want to ask them for the decision. I just want data from them. Like, how much would the, what what's the increase in risk in some some amount? That's yeah. what you're mm-hmm. asking for. Yeah. Okay. I guess uh, everyone else is undecided at the moment. Uh, I know, um, I think Synthaman is saying that he doesn't need the uh, the price uh, requirement for um, 
passing the SCCP. So I assume if we all decided that it couldn't pass without a price requirement, he would probably still vote yes on that. Um, I don't want to speak for him, but I, I, I think that's the implication there. And then I am, uh, um, I'm okay voting for 350 at this point. So that's, uh, I think that's five right there then. Assuming that you're uh, satisfied with uh, with what Gauntlet tells you anyway, that's five people. All right, I guess that's that. We can move on to the next topic. Kev, maybe you're trying to speak and you're muted. Or you're just waiting for the next topic to appear. Yeah, just letting the conversation go. All right. We need to drive it a bit, because if everyone's quiet, probably they need to move it along. So... um Unless there are other topics, we can start with this presentation. Ah, shit. My mic is bad. A good thing is not on the council. I don't speak much. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with moving ahead with uh, SIP presentations. All right. Great. We have two SIPs today. One is on ending inflation, gains it. The other is on dismissing council members for not participating in votes. There I see. So, uh, given that Kane has precedence because he asked for his, for presenting the SIP first, um, you can go ahead, Kane. If you, if you're still with us. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Um, sorry. I think, uh, one issue is that, um, Daniel and I were supposed to sync up and make some changes, uh, this, um, SIP, which I don't think, um, actually happened. Um, so maybe as a starting point, I'll just present the SIP and then Daniel, you can, uh, present those changes and we can, you know, work on the assumption that they're, uh, going to be integrated and I'll, I'll try and get them integrated today. I believe Daniel isn't here. He mentioned, uh, okay. that, uh, he mentioned that he wouldn't uh, be able to make it today. That said, he did write uh, a few notes about his uh, inputs regarding uh, this. Uh, and basically, there are two conditions for uh, stopping the inflation. One is that SGSD APY is at least 7% on average over four weeks, with no front-running and latency-driven volume. And two, that that merge has occurred so that uh, the fees are split proportionally across uh, both networks. So it would be supportive upon these two conditional requirements. At least that's what he was. Oh, 
Yeah, that, I mean, that, that aligns with what my expectation was. So, um, yeah, provided everyone else is, uh, is okay with that, I think I'm, I'm happy to kind of move forward with, uh, with that on that basis. Um, so I think the situation that we have now, um, is, uh, you know, as, as I presented last week, um, that we're, you know, encro- encroaching on 300 million tokens. There's an opportunity, I think, to, uh, make, um, make a change to, uh, reduce inflation, um, ahead of that, taper it back, um, give ourselves like 10 weeks maybe, um, of tapering. Um, but yeah, get to a point where we, um, freeze the, the total supply at 300 million. Um, and then, uh, at that point, you know, survive on, uh, on yield from fees. The obvious challenge with that is we need to be fairly confident that, uh, We've got, you know, stability of, uh, a field by then. And so, you know, obviously Daniel's, uh, um, input helps to, to stabilize that. Although I feel like, you know, given the last few weeks and, and some of the, you know, conversations around atomic swaps and what have you, that maybe that, you know, it's a little bit more contentious than, than it was, uh, a month ago or so when I, I started talking about this. Um, so I think I see a couple of options. We can propose this. Um, and give ourselves a bit, not, a bit more time. You know, I said 10 weeks. Um, if we did 20 weeks, um, from here, you know, kind of takes us out to, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pack and, and deal with my kids at the moment. Sorry, one sec. Guys, I'm on a call. I'm on a call. I understand, but I'm on a call. No hitting, please. I'm sorry about that. Um, so yeah, so, um, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess my, um, my perspective is like, there's a couple of things we can do to reduce the, um, the risk, I suppose. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd be open to one of those compromises. Do we have any runway to use SNX from other sources, say held by the treasury? Or other persons to extend the taper? I think even if the Treasury were to step in and say, you know, we'll, we'll throw in some extra SNX to, um, you know, extend this tapering or whatever. I mean, remember, if we put it out to 20 weeks, um, what is there, six, uh, six million left now or something like that? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's still a decent amount. Like it's still around about what the inflation rate was before we made the change, um, you know, earlier in the year to increase the inflation rate. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's like catastrophically low inflation. I think it's like still sufficiently incentivizing, especially as we're moving towards fees, especially because the fees are also higher than, than they were back then. So, you know, 10 weeks, 15 weeks, 20 weeks, something like that. I, I guess, you know, what I'm really looking for is like some input from the council on, on sensitivity. In terms of de-risking this, um, and then obviously, you know, if if the the conditions that Daniel has talked about are not met by the time we get there, then you know we reassess and and maybe either continue inflation for a period of time, you know, go to 330 million tokens or something like that, um, or you know, we would come up with some new plan. I mean, I'd rather that that we establish whether those conditions could be met before reaching that kind of terminal velocity so that we can avoid exceeding that 300 million. If that means extending 
the runway through ethnic source from elsewhere, it's far better, in my opinion, than to walk back the decision at a later date. So I guess it's a matter of how long do we think we need to meet those conditions or to be sure that we are meeting those conditions. Um, I know there's a lot of ambiguity or uncertainty around the impact of uh, certain trading activities that are occurring at the moment. So any body within the CCs or the SC who is in a position to provide an estimate on how long it will take to remedy that situation or to implement changes that will be able to provide clarity as to whether that situation can be brought to that 7% um, fee revenue mark be useful? Well, you know, like historically, um, with the direct integration system, if we can use historical volume as a uh, estimate and assume no other changes to that type of volume take place, we could get easily the 7%. But uh, that's contingent on things going in the right direction. So, like, we have direct integration live. It's being used to arbitrage and making fees and as well as resulting in a lower debt for everyone. Assuming these two things go in the right direction, we should have um, resolved the matter of atomic swaps uh, that was discussed. That said, there is also the matter of uh, 272. Uh, it's inherently going to result in significantly higher fees to the protocol because it's slippage in the form of fees, you know. So I believe the 7% will be reached. It's no question if we have 272 along with direct integration, we, we would get there. And uh, it's just a matter of time. Uh, one, I'm generally for the idea. Um, I would be happy with maybe a little bit longer time frame, and I somewhat agree with Chair that it, it would be a little bit more comfortable to vote on this with some more clarity that we're headed in the right direction at least. Um, maybe in a week or so. Um, but I, I do generally like support the idea of turning inflation off at, at some point in not so distant future. But what is um, Quentin's opinion of the anticipated volume in the medium and long term? Um, you know, I think that's a it's a little bit difficult to uh, project from the Quentin side. I would say. Um, it's also it's going to depend pretty heavily on what the uh, Quinta price is at launch because um, a lot of the uh, uh, absent like actually lowering fees anytime really soon or something like this um, the best tool that we have to increase volume is going to be 
um, directing quinta inflation at um, at incentivizing volume, right? So um, how much volume that gets us is going to be uh, pretty dependent on on what the quinta price is, right? Which is uh, a little bit hard to predict at this point. I would say you can uh, you can count on on it increasing over the next uh, couple months, like by by November when this goes live. But um, I would uh, I'm not really sure how to give an an estimate as to what that actually looks like. I I hope as much as possible, but um, it would be a pure guess at this point um, based on a lot of factors. How much volume we can actually drive with um, with quanta inflationary rewards incentivizing volume or um how long that program's actually even going to run but yeah i would say um you know a lot of what we're looking at to um to actually drive volume is going to be that which launches in in november um and should you know, hopefully increase volume by multitudes or uh, being able to significantly scale up um, how competitive we're able to be with uh, with Futures V2, which is, uh, I, I assume, sometime after that, maybe. Thanks. I mean, I'm, I'm generally supportive of the concept, and uh, as long as the time scale leaves time for assessment of whether, whether we're sustaining what sound like pretty much achievable benchmarks, um, is there? And I'm happy. So, until um, these uh, contingencies are incorporated into the SIP. Uh, we'll hold off on the vote. Um, assuming we do vote on it and it uh, results in a favorable outcome. So it would be hard for uh, the council to track whether the, the contingencies are met or not. Like, so assuming we do get 7% APY one week and like 3% the next week, 5% the week after. So, so it would be it would be kind of difficult to kind of um, arrive at a conclusion that the contingencies, contingencies were met. It has to be very specific, or we have to put the vote in the future based on analysis and uh, the council's I mean, uh, opinion. Can, Go ahead. Can we, can we have a separate SIP or an initial SIP that is um, setting, setting the tapering rate of the SNX emission um, prior to actually voting on a SIP that instigates the limitations on the council's ability to uh, mint more SNX, which is in the current version, like the requirement that the council has to vote unanimously. Yeah, I would I would also say that um, I'm a little bit hesitant uh, for a few reasons about um, about targeting zero percent inflation right now. But I would be 100 percent supportive of like a more aggressive tapering on inflation. So if we could uh, 
if we could get that separated out and and put tapering to a vote um sooner i think we could um we could probably get some pretty quick agreement on uh on reducing inflation significantly and tapering that down Kane, any response to splitting it into two sips? Uh, I, look, I, I always, I hate the idea of splitting things into multiple sips. Is enough overhead with sips anyway? I'd be okay with making it uh, contingent on um, the the you know criteria being met. Like do the same thing that we're talking about, um, where we don't turn it into a meta governance change until. Uh, it's actually, you know, met all the criteria in the SIP, like following all the criteria with, within the SIP being met, then it becomes meta governance. I'd be happy to change the language to that if that compromise works for everyone. So for example, if the criteria isn't met, we can change it back before it's like crystallized. How would the PTL be informed that the criteria has been met or not? If it, the measurements are themselves kind of like, it requires some subjective. Um, no, no, it requires it requires the. I mean, my assumption is right that if the criteria was not met, that there would be a, a follow up SIP um, by the Spartan Council to say we're not going to do this, or we're going to make a change, and we would accept that you know if there is a SIP to do that, that that would happen uh, you know prior to uh, it becoming a meta governance SIP, so it wouldn't have that higher threshold required. Does that make sense? So it's like active until a SIP, a SIP is presented and approved that negates it. Is that how you would imagine? Correct. It yeah. And, but if it, if all the criteria is met, right, and it is, you know, and it goes like, and it gets through the, the full criteria, then you can't, after all the criteria is met and it is finalized, present a SIP that is not meta governance to change it. I can I can make some updates to these language you know to the language to, to see if I can align it. If that makes sense. I'm just I'm just worried about the criteria being met part where it's hard, it has to like, be fully you know, met. It has to be fully yeah, met. Like, I just say these are these are the conditions. If they're not met, then Absolutely. a SIP can be presented at any time to reverse or modify this decision. If once all they're met, once all the conditions are met, then that's it. All bets are off. Then it becomes meta governance, and it, it goes no, in place. No worries at all. Just my, my concern is like you know, with taking ratio, it's kind of easy to calculate. This is how you calculate taking ratio. We agreed on it and done. Yeah, but, but for the purpose of SUSD APY, it would be like how many periods, or what's the length of time, or is it annualized? There is some meat to it, you know. Yeah, fair. I don't want and, and I guess, yeah, I guess, you know, it should be, uh, I suppose, at the judgment of the, of the council, right? Um, but let me, let me go through and see if I can redrop the language in, in a way that, um, you know, is, is more acceptable. I'm, I'm just trying to minimize the amount of judgment PDAO has to, uh, yeah, corporate. Fair. Yeah, fair. Okay. Do you still have it at 10 weeks or is it? It's still at 10 weeks right now. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's still at 20, 20, but I am open. I'm open to 20, 15, 12 and a half. 10, 10 is, 
Two, Whatever crazy two, fucking compromise you want, Cassette. Like, just tell me. 20 would be great. 13, 13 in the third weeks. Like, what are we doing? 20 no, weeks. 20. Okay. 20. All right. Yeah, I'm happy with 20. So we just have to be aware that 20 just means that the, you know, tapering inflation is going to be lower, obviously, right? Um, because we've only got 6 million left. But it's, it's not, you know, I, as I said, I think it's still reasonable. Um, or maybe four, five million left or something like that. It's, it's, you know, somewhere, somewhere in that range, I think. So, you know, it'd be 250,000 SNX a week for 20 weeks or something, which I think is plenty of time. Like if we can't get our shit together in 20 weeks, then, you know, famous last words, but here we are. All right, I guess we can move on to the next uh, sip, unless... Uh... All right, Sarah, your floor is yours. Okay, so sip 274 is an attempt to provide the synthetics community um, with a bar against which they can place their expectations for uh, Spartan Council activity um, and it does this through accounting for the votes that the Spartan councillors are participating in um, either a, a yay or a nay vote um, essentially what would occur is a Spartan councillor would have to um, be regularly casting votes and should they fail to cast votes according to certain criteria, uh, it would then be the obligation of the, the Spartan Council to appeal to the council owner, currently the PDAO, to dismiss that Spartan councillor and thereby trigger an emergency vote. Um, so the, the requirements are relatively um, light in terms of vote participation. So in order to be dismissed, a Spartan councillor would have to miss five, a minimum of five sequential votes and do so over a period of time longer than seven full days. The SIT probably goes into a, a clearer explanation of exactly the conditions under which a Spartan councillor could be dismissed through this method. But the overarching objective is to reassure the community that Spartan councillors will be active, they will be participating in votes, um, and thereby serving the community. I don't know that I... I do want to mention that you mentioned... Oh, you yes. mentioned that it will trigger an emergency vote, but you meant emergency election, right? Yeah, an emergency election. So per, uh, per SCCP 300... Um, the N minus number is currently set at N minus one. So if one Spartan councillor were to be uh, dismissed, then that would automatically trigger an emergency election. Obviously, that could change with a, a further SCCP. But currently, if a Spartan councillor were to be dismissed by this means, then it would trigger an emergency election. Oh, and, and one other thing. Um, there has been some debate within the uh, the thread that's been devoted to this SIP regarding an appropriate um, period of time during which a Spartan councillor could theoretically be inactive without uh, 
suffering dismissal, uh, because this seven-day period is quite kind of important in determining um, whether a Spartan cancer can be dismissed, because you have to be five sequentially, a minimum of five sequentially, and the last of those, that five minimum, has to fall at least seven days after the start of the first vote that was missed. Um, Sinferman, who's um, been supportive of the SIP, has um, suggested that 10 days might be a good compromise, thus allowing a greater degree of freedom to uh, take brief periods away from the protocol, whilst not being subject to the automatic dismissal that this SIP brings about. Um, I'm willing to uh, compromise on, on 10 days. Um, and I think uh, KSET has also expressed a preference for 10 days, but we still have to hear from other members of the Spartan Council who haven't voiced an opinion within the, uh, the thread so far. I do want to also add that in order for... There is an important point where um, you said that SIP has to be like neglected. Um, the, the concern with, with this originally was that someone would spam many SIPs in order for uh, uh, to, to obstruct uh, uh, governance. So you create like 20 SIPs and you have to vote more on all of them. Yeah, so the workaround for that is both the um, window of time in which uh, a Spartan councillor has to exceed the period of inactivity and also um, the, for the SIPs or SCCPs to count towards the minimum of five, uh, they have to be submitted by um, somebody within the protocol's DAOs that be it the Ambassador Council, the Grants Council, the Treasury Council, the Spartan Council, or by the CCs um, themselves. So that should prevent people who aren't necessarily coming at it with the best intentions from spamming um, votes and having them count towards the meeting of this criteria. Because obviously if somebody within one of the DAOs or the CCs are creating multiple votes in an attempt to get a CC dismissed, uh, that's a problem that would need to be addressed um, in, on, in and of itself. Did I miss anything else, Carl? No, no, that makes sense. That was the uh, part uh, that I found most uh, important because originally when we discussed this, that was the concern of someone spamming the vote, but having a requirement that, that the SIP be um, co-authored or authored by SEC or one of the representative bodies solves for this kind of problem. Could I get a, a sense check on whether Spartan councillors prefer seven or ten days? I think it should be Definitely ten days. Ten for me. Ten for me for sure. Yeah, ten, 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 ten. I, I have a. And I like the idea of having someone um, 
getting at least like one Spartan council member to, if it's a community SIP, if a Spartan council member sponsors it, then maybe also being able to include that in the population, although it's not yeah, I mean, that important. Anything, anything that is co-authored by somebody within within the previously stated um, groups, uh, I think would qualify. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't want to introduce the concept of sponsoring that creates unnecessary overhead. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, maybe um, if um, a proposal is receives a vote, it is kind of included in this as well. Um. It's suggesting a reaction from the rest of the council members. I just know from experience we've had a few instances where votes have been submitted multiple times and yet the earlier versions of them have received a vote. So, I mean, I, I have it within the SIP that, the, that there needs to be a validation from the Spartan Council that the conditions have been met. Um, so if we have a vote being counted that the Spartan Council is aware was defunct for some reason, then I think that would be a fair cause not to count it in the the minimum of five. Um, what's the case if there are steps that have been submitted multiple times? How does that work? I mean, if it's something that is stalling the protocol, if you've got a SIP that needs to be revoted for some reason, um, I think that would be a valid reason, especially given that we have these three-day periods in which a SIP has been sent for vote. That provides a, a I just mean period. on my snapshot, I see, like, three um, of the same getting submitted. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's a one. There's a one. Probably on, on, the, on the wrong one. Yeah, those are the ones where you're kind of you're looking at the context in which those SIPs were created. Um, they were all created covering the same thing by the same person, I believe. Those ones in particular. So you wouldn't. That would be an instance of an inadvertent spam attack. You would discount. Um, uh, can, can I make some some comments uh, or express what I, what I believe, what I think of this proposal? Absolutely. Um, so first, I think whenever we talk about governance, we we need to think about how it's going to work when all of this is on chain uh, with B3GM. Even though it's paused right now, it's planned. Um, and how would you deal with this situation on chain, right? Um, there's a lot, a lot of uh, hard rules and soft rules involved here. And I think if our current system was fully on chain, uh, there will be a lot of edge cases that would be would trigger a dismissal and an, and a, an emergency election that wouldn't be. Uh, like if, if you treated it like if you reasoned about it, there's like um, in a soft way, 
there's a justification for it, right? So I'm leaning it towards not having, not, not setting hard rules for this, right? And a council dismissal should, should be always, um, reached by a soft consensus and then executed on chain. And then the, the token holders can, can stop the action or accelerate the action. But I think we're, we're trying to, to, with this uh, proposal, we're trying to, um, create rules that are going to collide with a lot of edge cases in, in the real world when this stuff goes on chain, fully on chain. And what's your estimate of when that will be on chain, these cases? Estimates are super hard. <laughs> um, it's not like I can do a computation and, and tell you. Um, I just know that we, we have but... activity issues at the moment um, or participation issues at the moment. Yeah, yeah the, but a real issue in terms of getting I, things passed. But I, th- I, I, th- I think it should be handled softly, like uh, not with hard rules. Like if, if there's participation issues right now, then the council should um, handle it uh, with like loose criteria and address the council members that are not participating and, and, and like raise uh, their attention, like say, uh, hey, you need to get more involved um why are not why are you not involved um and then if, if if there's no response then the council can uh propose the dismissal but it's it's like very ad hoc you know i don't think uh, uh we should base those such critical decisions on a set of rules that, that just triggers the dismissal because it's it's going to be there's going to be special cases there's, there's we should be able to issue warnings before we we do the dismissal. Like, w- what if we say yes to these rules and then we uh, a few weeks from now we 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 find ourselves in the situation of having to dismiss someone because we voted on this and we don't really feel like the dismissals should happen. We should we feel like there should be a warning first and then we probably understand what's going on. Like, I think. Um, this, these rules are, are too hard. Um, and I, I think it's going to cause a lot of problems. And again, um, try to imagine all this on chain. It, it would be problematic, I believe. I'm but, like missing seven votes, you know, or five votes or kind of a significant issue. And there, there are no, no, no methods to align interest, you know, in terms of um, forcing someone to participate, you know. So this is a way. If you don't vote, you're gonna we're gonna have a new election and probably you'll be blamed for the new election. So even if you have a lot of SNX, make sure that you can participate. Otherwise We'll keep having new elections and the protocols and stuff. And I have looked at the past voting um, to carefully reconcile uh, the criteria for this SIP with the likelihood that a Spartan Council would fail to 
to meet um, the necessary number of votes. So, I mean, as it stands now, you'd have to be 11 days without access to your NFT for 10, 10 days plus one block, I suppose, um, on chain. And in terms of soft criteria, there's a validation that is carried out by the Spartan Council within the SIP that does cover edge cases. Okay, thank you for answering uh, my concerns. It's really useful. I would say as far as like the soft uh, rules for having it be a SIP to remove someone is a lot harsher um, and can be really uh, contentious and damaging. And I think this is a nice way to just make it somewhat binary. Um, rather than having, like, a big drag of an SE number through the SIP process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if the Spartan Council decides that they want to dismiss someone by subjective means, then it is, by necessity, going to require the exclusion for a period of time during that discussion which is kind of antithetical to the idea that we should be working together. If you have a, an objective means of doing it, then it, it takes that pressure off and puts the pressure to be active purely on the individual Spartan councillors rather than applying it across the entire council. And, take, yeah, and taking sense. time. Um, um, and, and is it... Is it um, Super tied uh, tied up to triggering triggering an election right away, or well, that's by necessity. necessity that, of, like potential. Well, that's by necessity of SCCP 300, where if a Spartan councillor is dismissed, it automatically triggers an emergency election because you have to. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. But uh, I, I'm I'm asking if if it's a, a, a wanted feature of of this proposal. No. I mean, it, or do we want to reconsider? Do I mention emergency election within it? I'm not sure if I actually mentioned an emergency election with it. I, I mean, I think I mentioned purely that they would be dismissed. Uh, and it's only been in discussion that I've brought up the effect of triggering an emergency election because that's the current state of things. I know, I know. I'm just asking if if that's what we, we would like. Like, let's suppose that we vote on this and we pass it. Would we like to keep the value of uh, two two n minus one, or I, would I guess we have to reevaluate that. I mean, um, I think in the same way that it was argued during the discussion of. SCCP 300, that if one Spartan councillor is dismissed, it necessitates an emergency election. I'm willing to fall on that, but because it's two separate questions, um, compounding them within the discussion of the uh, how functional this SIP will be, um, 
we'll be adding another layer. I think uh, if we keep it at N minus one, there's a motivation for the council to act as a whole, right? So if someone is inactive, so the council can try to get that person active, right? Otherwise, it's going <laughs> to trigger an election, right? So I kind of, it's a bit scary, but I kind of like it. Um, that if one one of the the legs, let's say, of the council is failing, then the whole council is needs to be reassessed. It's harsh, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Um, does anyone have anything to add? If not. I'll make the change to move it to a 10-day period, um, update the SIP to provide a test case that covers that, and work with the CCs to submit it for a vote. So I, I just want to make sure I'm clear on one thing. So when there's a dismissal and the N-1 is is triggered, um, that, mean, that triggers an emergency re-election for all eight seats of the Spartan Council, or just to fill the vacancy? It's all eight, right? Or no? Eight, eight, eight. The current uh, functionality is all eight. So is there maybe like a weird incentive situation where to dismiss somebody, you basically like you have to have like majority of the council ready to potentially lose their seat in the emergency election, where people might be reluctant to actually like go through with a dismissal or to actually enforce dismissals? The community is able for the SIP to raise the request for dismissal with the council, so doing so would undermine the council heavily. You, you mean doing, by doing so you mean like not voting for a dismissal? Yeah because it would jeopardize their um, standing on the council. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not like this is closed data, so anybody keeping track of votes could see that the conditions have been met, query why the council wasn't do it, doing it, and then that would, if the council were kind of bending to an incentive not to dismiss themselves, um, then that would be evident and probably be a decision that would be have some impact on the next election uh, brought about by the EPOC. Does the dismissal, um, it only requires five of the remaining of the other seven? Or it's not, doesn't require, or does it require a unanimous vote? So this it doesn't cover the actual um, request to the PDAL to carry out the dismissal. Um, and it doesn't imply that it needs to be done by a vote. Do we, I mean, I'm not sure that we actually have uh, anything down in terms of SIP or how the dismissal is, is kind of enacted. So it, it, as currently written, it's just kind of relying on the PDAO to check that the conditions are met and then, and then execute the dismissal? and then trigger the emergency election? It doesn't require that the PDAO check the conditions are met. That's kind of left to the 
uh, Spartan Council. Afif, you know how I love the Spartan Council to be involved in these things. Um, but the actual text of the SIP is, once five qualifying votes have been missed, this can be raised by any member of the synthetics community in response to which the Spartan Council is required upon validation to submit a request for dismissal to the council owner. Yeah, I just we're, I'm, I'm just wary of like maybe weird edge cases we haven't thought of where it's like, oh, I didn't know this was an official SIP. Uh, now there were several of them in a row. Uh, I, I'm just making up edge cases, but basically some edge cases where there may be an actual potentially legitimate dispute. about what, I mean, I, I vote on everything. I'm obviously not like saying like, oh, I don't want to get dismissed erroneously, but I'm wondering about if there's these edge cases and do you actually need to reach a consensus on an unclear decision, if a dismissal is warranted, what do you do? Yeah, I, th I think you do um, still, and that's by design partially because you you obviously you don't want the Spartan Council being kind of dragged into kind of Machiavellian plots in order to dismiss someone if they're being inactive. This uh, provides an objective set of criteria that can then, within a short period of time bring about a decision on the validity of um, the criteria from the Spartan Council and then quickly submit a request for the dismissal to the PDAO or the council owner, whoever that might be. Yeah, I guess one other thing I'm worried about is if it like, if it were, I mean, to buy one Spartan council seat, I don't think you have to have a particularly large amount of SNX. And could you just keep, can somebody just, I'm just thinking like, um, uh, adversarially here. Could I just keep voting in new candidates who basically don't vote and suicide the whole council and trigger re-elections endlessly? So, I mean, we have the, uh, you, like what, you have yeah. two weeks of unanimity. Um, in which the remaining seven Spartan councillors are able to cast meta-governance votes. So that's how I envisage that being tackled previously. So if you had one adverse adversarial Spartan councillor who triggered this, um, the remaining seven would have a two-week period in which they could address it, as per already passed SIPs. I see. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Does it sort of create a situation with the N minus one where a meta governance, if someone isn't getting their meta governance through, they can also like suicide? Uh, I'm not sure I follow. You mean, I mean, they could only do it by their own non voting and that would result in their own dismissal? Yeah, to trigger a re-election by not voting for the time to sort of effectively get someone else off and get a new council in that would pass there. Um, I mean, if they were being adversarial themselves and seeking to trigger a, a, an election, um, they would be dismissed and then you would have that two-week period in which the remaining seven, who one would assume would be opposed to that action, could address it through meta-governments themselves. So there would be a counter to that, I believe, if I'm understanding correctly. 
No, CT, it's a full, it's a full election as per SCCP 300. Yeah, but we, we, we can begin to see, uh, like there's a, a lot of edge cases, uh, and that's, I, I guess, uh, the concerns that a few of us have raised. Uh, I would personally like to, to understand or think about these edge cases a little bit more. I'm not seeing the edge cases myself um, as yet. Or, or at least I think there's stuff in place that addresses the edge cases. Yes, but I would like to, a consideration of, of, of the edge cases and I would like to think about them more. Okay. Um, because otherwise, yeah, there could, there could be, this could cause a lot of other problems, right? In an attempt to, to solve like the fundamental problem of any governance system, which is attention. Um, but I am, I am pro, um, finding ways to incentivize more participation. And more involvement. I'm just a, a, a little bit wary about uh, edge cases that we we didn't think of and are not uh, actually addressed um, by this. I, I think it would help if the SIP had uh, a few of these edge cases in mind, and it, it could explain uh, how they they would be non-issues. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, how about over the next seven days, up until the next um, SIP presentation, um, I invite people to pose edge cases, and I, I work out whether they are actually things that could grief the uh, the correct functioning of the SIP. So, so to address the edge cases uh, point is that if someone misses. Um, this is like meets the criteria where a new election needs to be triggered or dismissed. Basically, what happens is that the Spartan Council needs to ask the PIDA or the owner to trigger a re-election event. Am I right or no? Does it happen automatically? Not at all. Spartan Council has to communicate that to PIDA or to the owner. And that could be in the form of a SIP, where they affirm the the, the re-election triggering. So most edge cases can just like hit that wall, you know, and dissipate. Is what I'm thinking. Also, I would like to uh, bring up uh, something else to consider. Um, would it be helpful if, let's say, we set uh, n at minus uh, three, let's say, um, and we introduce a new feature in the election module uh, where if someone is dismissed, uh, they can be re-elected or ongoing on the current epoch without, like, the, the spot can be filled by, like, uh, like a, let's say, transient ele election, right? Only if several members are dismissed at the same time and the critical value is met, then the re-election occurs. But then this would allow you to dismiss a member and fill the spot, right? 
and, and remove all this like game theory uh, dynamics of of like suiciding to cause a re-election and uh, or bribing someone to cause a re-election, that sort of thing. Because yes, I think again this does address a problem, but it introduces a lot of uh, if somebody's if somebody is submitting to bribe in order to trigger a re-election then that re-election period in which the Spartan Council retains meta-governance power um, is going to be a very well placed to address it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay. So maybe maybe elaborating on that a little bit on the SIP could help us uh, wrap our hand, heads around it. Uh, I, at least that's what I think I, I, I need. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know if okay. uh, others have that requirement. No, I, I think it's a good call. Just one. But, like, assuming it does trigger, like someone does meet that criteria, what, what's next? Is, is there another on-chain vote that needs to happen? For the election to be triggered, or do you expect like feed out automatically to trigger? What are the conditions set within SCCP 300? Ali, if you if you don't mind me asking you to remind me. Oh, it's a technical thing. I, I thought Kip was asking if. If the council would need to say, oh, hey, look, someone met the conditions, should we ask the PDAO to execute? Um, I thought that was no, a question, question from Caleb. That's my question. So how does the communication from Spartan Council to PDAO happen? Is my question. My assumption, and what I haven't considered it within the confines of this SIP, is that within one of the channels that exist between the Spartan Council and members of the PDAO? Could it be in an on-chain vote instead, like uh, SCCP or trigger re-election? So instead of automatic. I mean, we could we could produce a meta-governance uh, set that formalizes the dismissal. Process if we wanted. Um, I don't think it, this SIP is contingent on that existing because we have the concept of dismissal already. Because we have SCCP 300, we have the meta governance module without actually having that formalized process. But I'm quite happy as a separate so, task so. To, to formalize the dismissal process on how that occurs procedurally. So how does how how does this missile get triggered? Is my question. Um, right now, uh, if you wanted to dismiss a council member, is it like uh, seven members need to dismiss the guy uh, in a vote in a smart contract? Is this how it works? No, it's uh, soft governance technically at Ali? the moment, right? Yes, it's soft. Uh, basically, the PDAO can do it at any time. Um, okay. But it would be super contentious for, for the PDAO to call that function without the sure. 
very clear uh, instruction. Like, to I do guess so. meta governance minus one instruction to do so. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Then probably PIDA will not act unless they get instructions. You know, clear instructions to dismiss someone, and that requires at least a SIP, not uh, on-chain vote if it's possible. Um, because it's kind of contentious, you know, you, you, you put too much pressure on us to kind of, uh, on us, uh, on PIDA to, to determine whether a uh, dismissal event should be triggered or not. If you have oh, edge case. I, I agree. Yeah. I think, I think there should be, uh, like someone raises the concern. Hey, the criteria is met. Um, then the council, the council, uh, considers it and a vote is open. If, um, N minus one approves it, then it's taken to the PDAO and the PDAO needs to execute. That would definitely solve the issue of allowing for flexibility to tackle edge. Yeah. But it would be kind of weird if, if someone doesn't agree, right? If 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 we don't get like seven well, votes, if someone doesn't, and we get if six. Someone, if someone doesn't agree, then PDAO should have never triggered it because yeah. kind of uh, we we need to kind of lower the threshold on P, uh, the amount of work required on PDAO to trigger events. You know? So because in the end they don't we we want the council to drive governance, not PDAO to. Determine whether governance is is applied or not applied. Like I'm trying to oh, limit sure. the amount of of uh, um, subjective opinion we need to incorporate in implementation. I I, I think I um, in the end in, in the moment of execution it's kind of soft. Uh, as it is uh, now that we imagine how it will work out, so I think it's it's a nice incentive, and uh, it might be worth uh, trying it out, like setting some guidelines of of what's considered good participation, and and and, and a little incentive. Uh, you mean this incentive for inactivity rather than an incentive for participation? This yeah. one, this one. Like if if it, if it was. Like automatically triggered, I probably um, need to think about this a lot before voting on it. Uh, but since it's not, and there is a layer of soft consensus, uh, we do have the flexibility we need. So I would kind of vote yes on this. But you still appreciate that period of edge cases, or do you think that flexibility eliminates the risk of edge cases coming up and, and causing issues further down the line? I think that last step of soft consensus um, gives us a chance to to consider an edge case if it ever arises. Okay, and um, just sorry for final. Yeah, Does that to confirm. Then um, Ali is kind of the key person who was suggesting the SIP be expanded to include edge cases. Is that something you think is still necessary, or am I? Okay to alter the the period within the SIP to ten days and submit to vote as it stands. Uh, will that 
be satisfactory for you to vote yes on it. And also include, please, that the SIP needs to be passed with N-1 to uh, legitimize the dismissive um, or a SCCP. Uh, Just N-1. I mean, dismissal as a procedure itself kind of warrants its own SIP, surely. SIP, fine SIP, of course, but it shouldn't be like 8 out of 8. Because if you're dismissing someone, probably you don't have 8. Yeah, so uh, to, to answer the question, um, I mean, I would appreciate um, edge cases to be mentioned, but I guess I'm less strict about, like, considering all the edge cases, right? Because there, there's a layer, an, an opportunity to correct if we didn't think about something. Um, also, um, I would like the set to to describe the procedure, right, on how the the council submits the requirement uh, to to the space. I don't think it should be a separate okay. set, right? Otherwise, it's going to take forever. No, that's fair. Okay, uh, I'll go ahead and, and do that. We can we can we can change it later with another tip, sip, but it, it would be it wouldn't hurt to like elaborate on it a little bit more with what we discussed. I think I, that would be enough um, for me to 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 vote yes on this. Uh, does anyone else have any um, feedback or comments they'd like to add? Okay, I'll, um, I'll set about working on those changes. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for driving this. Appreciate it. Like, uh, it's been a challenge to get everyone to participate, especially when we need them to. And this hopefully hopefully drives drives us in that direction. With that said, uh, there are no other uh, things to be discussed. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Have a good evening. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.